Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spy Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Dr. Alexander Blinsky of Plump Cosmetics. What's up, everybody? This is Alex Tiersch. Welcome to another scintillating and exciting edition of Medical Spa Insider. We have a repeat guest, Dr. Alexander Blinsky of Plump Cosmetics and Injectables um, up in Manhattan and then recently down in um, uh, Miami, which I, I want to get caught up with him and about. Do- uh, Dr. Blinsky is also on the um, Aesthetic Safety Council and has been meeting with with a bunch of folks that you may have heard about to talk about um, the guidelines that AIMSPOT put out and making sure that we're, we're all on the same page and, and consistent on what we're doing. And that's really what what we wanted to talk about today. But uh, before we get into that, um, Dr. Blinsky, what's what's the latest? How are you? Everything good? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, I'm sure everyone's really picked up since uh, the economy has kind of bustled back like yeah. how it has. It's It's been kind of crazy for from what I hear, everybody. Are you still, are you still um, so, seeing a big bump? I mean, are you still super busy? You know, we're pretty, I mean, New York, I think is its own entity. And I've always thought that you got, you and I have talked about that before. It's, it's right. its own animal. And it's just so many, so much density of people, even if the news doesn't say that, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of people here and rent has really skyrocketed. There's nothing available for rent here. Um, so there's just a lot of people that, want to get aesthetic treatments. So yeah. I think everyone's pretty busy and that including us have been pretty busy out, uh, in New York yeah. and it is busy season until, you know, it's not, but like usually till December, we usually take a little break anyway. Yeah. I'm sure like a lot of injectors are listening, want to rest their hands in some ice water around then. <laughs> yeah. What, um, but so what's, uh, I, I, I know you've got, um, a new location in Miami. There's that's, there's no competition there. So you, you really went into a, an undersaturated market in Miami, but how's that right. going too? What's the, what's, is, are you open and operating there? Well, so it's kind of complicated. Miami is a uh, different type of animal, especially when yeah. you're in a retail environment like we are. Um, if you're doing an office based business, I think it's a little bit easier where you're, you know, a couple floors up in an elevator building. Um, the laws and regulations in, my, in Florida in general are, are kind of strict mm-hmm. um, compared to the rest of the country. And in turn, the build-outs for retail spaces tend to be permitting nightmares. Really? So we have we are seeing patients in a temporary space that we have had that's next door to our permanent space. Um, so it's kind of like a pop-up that we built out. Yeah. And the permanent space should be opening within the next 30 days, fingers crossed. So... It's looking really good. It's basically done. We're just waiting to close out on some certificates. And what's, are you still, are you seeing a lot of, um, I mean, is, is there a, a pretty strong demand down in Miami as well? You know, I think it's interesting because you were joking, like there's no, no saturation, right? Um, <laughs> I, I like look at this business a lot differently. I've been doing this about 10 years or so. And I look at this business differently um, than I did when it first started. And I was like, well, we need to make this like not taboo anymore. Well, guess what? It's not taboo anymore. Right. Like it's pretty mainstream uh, getting some type of beauty treatment. And I don't think there's ever going to be, I think this is a beautiful thing when we like talk about you and I or whoever talk about private equity and all this stuff. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be involved in this business for one reason. And that I don't think that the uh, demand is ever going to, is going uh, that what we can supply is that we're going to be less than, than the demand because it's so difficult to get into the industry. Yeah. 
So I'm not ever worried about saturation. I just want everyone to um, kind of try to give everybody a similar experience uh, and give them, you know, the products that they may believe believe in and behind and delivering the results that they want. So yeah. I'm never I'm never really worried about a saturation issue yeah. because there's only so many medical people and then there's only so many medical people that do this. Yeah. So we I don't we, we should we shouldn't get worried about competition and things like that. Everything is good. You know, I think that uh, George says it well, you know, that the rising tide raises all ships. And I really do believe that now. I don't know if I did a long time ago. Um, yeah. But nowadays I'm like, yeah. That makes I sense. think you're, you know, I, I think you're right. Experience. I, th- I, 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 I think you're dead on. And I was kind of saying, you know, tongue in cheek. I just know there's a lot of uh, aesthetics in, in Miami, but you, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of like how long it's going to take in, in years, right. For there to be it enough doesn't. providers to meet the demand. Cause it's, it's not it even close. It doesn't. it doesn't happen. We're probably like at like 5%. You, you think it's, you think it's that not, low? I think it's like somewhere super low. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's like someone said to me the other day, they said, so who's a potential customer? I'm like, you ever try anyone that's, this is, this is, I even think under exaggerating. It's like anyone that has ever tried on makeup. <laughs> anyone who's been born. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's anybody. It, it's anybody. That's like asking like, who's a potential, well, I guess people that don't have hair, not you and me, um, but like who's potential for a haircut? Like right. it's everyone like in their lifetime. It's still everyone, you know, like, People, yeah. people are looking to, uh, to, to, you know, better themselves or feel better about themselves. And this uh, population that's aging now, the millennial population is like spending more money on health and wellness and they want to look better and live longer. And it's just going to keep going down that direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be curious if people that go with live longer, that's another story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. see if they feel better, they live longer to everything, but, um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a saturation point. I do think that there is confusion in laws. I do think there's confusion. And um, I think that people do things they didn't know they can't do them, whether it's from buying something from Canada mm-hmm. or um, just don't know that they're not really allowed to inject in that jurisdiction legally. Yeah. Uh, these are like big, big things. And I mean, I wouldn't I mean, that's the type of stuff that keeps me awake at night if I was um, practicing outside the guidance of like a state or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you a, know. it's a good segue because I think that the, um, the lack of market saturation and the need for providers and injectors specifically, right? There's such a need for it's juicy. It's injectors. juicy. You see yeah. it and it's juicy. It's very juicy. And the, the, I, the, so obviously there's benefit to that because it means that we all who are in the industry are going to be, you know, are, are going to be doing well. And certainly everyone I talk to is is, is doing well. Um, it's good for folks that are that want to come into the industry. I think where it gets a little tricky and maybe juicy on the, you know, the, the negative side is that it it. it a lot of folks come in for you know a lot of reasons very quickly and maybe they're not they're not as as uh, accustomed to to operating you know in, in, under medical regulation they 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 think it's a different type of industry and so it kind of leads to this 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 arc of people that are bending the law or unintentionally, like you said, I don't think a lot of folks are doing it intentionally, but there's certainly folks who just don't right, exactly. know any better. 
Um, and that goes for the public too. So I, I think in, in, in some ways it's, you know, it's, it's a really exciting time, but it's somewhat of a dangerous time too, because the more folks that come in who are just kind of playing around and, and, and not, you know, not fully trained and engaged, that, that, that's got the potential to do some damage. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing too is when I first got into, I've said this before on your, I think on the last podcast, but when I came into this industry, the landscape was completely different than it is now. And there's a lot more resources now that can let you know a little bit about legal structure. Right. I'm going to use it. I'm going to plug Amspot here. Okay. Legal structure. Well, unfortunately, of, there's not very a, many besides us, but there's, honestly, there's, but there's right, some. There's not very many, but that's it. It's also a lot of its interpretation, right? right? That's right. That's important to remember. Um, because law is difficult. That's why there are people called lawyers who, mm-hmm. who do interpret it and judges actually make the interpretation. Right. Um, but, mm-hmm. but the, the, you know, that's important. But there's also a lot of resources um, about injectables and yeah. training on injectables and not just jumping into the fire like I probably did back in the day where I did like one of these courses and then played around. And then next thing you know, you're like injecting people. But it was it was different in uh, 2012 or whenever I started. Yeah. So, um you know, but there's a lot more resources and it's important that people try to use the resources and lean on them because you don't want to commit to this and then be like, oh crap, I'm not allowed to do this or I need more of this or I, or I went down a road. I'm not, I'm practicing without a license. Who, who knows? There's so many, it depends on the state. There's so many little things that can kind of get in your way. Yeah. So there's going to be things that are going to get in your way. So you better do the ones that you can see in advance, take care of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. I agree. That's and, kind of- and, and I, I would love to, I, I want to get into kind of the, the issue behind what you were saying, um, because I think it's, it's important. And I just, you know, you've, you've met, um, Warren Danforth, uh, who we did a podcast with a while back and he's on the, he's a, a non-physician owner and it's really interesting, right. I think, to get perspectives of, of everybody because it's, it's such a, it's such a diverse industry, but you, your practice is primarily, um, injectables. Um, and, and if anyone wants more information on that, I, 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 I go back and listen to your podcast, which I think we just had, I think we're just rerunning even maybe as we're recording this, uh, we're, we, you can, you can check it out on our, on our website. Um, but it's very interesting on how you built your business and, and, and how you've done that. I don't want to get too much into that cause it'll, it'll be repetitive, yeah. but I do, what, what I do want to get into though is, um, I, I was curious, we were chatting, um, offline and, and through email and, and you mentioned, you know, that, that you thought there were lots of not only providers, but the public who just didn't understand really what the basic rules were. And I was thinking about it and curious, based upon your experience in the industry, how many patients that come in your door or that you talk to through others, how many of them actually know about like the good faith exam and and, and whether an RN should be injecting them, you know, without... A, a physician or a PA or an NP seeing that patient first, and how many would, of them have any clue of that? I would. I know this might sound crazy. I would say zero. Yeah, yeah. I would say zero is probably the right answer. Like zero percent. Um, That's interesting. You know, I think I think that it's important to like you were talking about Warren, and I think that's um, we'll just use him as the example. He can handle it. Um, yeah. Take a ten. I I don't want to use one person really, but we were talking about this earlier taking that 10,000 foot view and Warren's a great guy. And that is, that doesn't mean that everybody that does this is a great guy. 
Right. No, <laughs> we, I think that's a huge point. Right. We have to understand this. We, we're taking generalizations, and I'm not saying that a, a physician is better than so and so, or physicians are great people. I'm not speaking like that uh, on behalf of all the physicians. Trust me, because I know some. Um, but we need to take this as a ten thousand foot view whenever we look at the laws and the, and the and the structure of say of patient safety in a specific state. Right. Yep. So ju- that's why, like we were talking about this earlier, that's why the laws are there is really to, is the, the, whoever made the law, right. Mm-hmm. Or the people that made the laws want to protect patients. That is what the ultimate goal. And we should trust them for that. Right. That's a 10,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some, you know, stuff going on mm-hmm. that is a little, uh, uh, it depends on the state you're in. That's a little like slimy um, sure. and people want to make money. I get it. And they may be being paid by somebody, but those are the laws. And unfortunately, laws are laws, but the laws are there to protect the patient. And whether it's from um, non-medical ownership, um, because you're going to have people like PE come in who are a little bit different than somebody mm-hmm. that might, um, you know, have some ethics behind it, where a PE firm might not have the same ethics. You have to find a PE firm that does, yep. right? So they're there to protect it so that you're not just like, hey, you need six syringes. You should be pushing more syringes. I mean, there are... Yeah, I think there's a there's a there is a company that does a non medical evaluation before um, you get to see the medical provider. Right, right. No, and that's um, I think that's a really good point. And 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 to to loop it back to you know, and for any of you who are listening, I, I recommend you check out the the podcast we did with Warren Danforth because I think what you said is is true in that in that he's a you know a non physician business owner, uh, an entrepreneur, but he's someone who does get it and 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 understands kind of what business he's in and understands that the good of the industry depends upon you know good business operators and and he's got he so so he's 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 on board he's got a different perspective no doubt than i think a lot of people who like like physician owners but he's but it's, seasoned. he is seasoned too but right? he's seasoned. That helps. yeah and so he's right. he he und, uh, very much so um and and he's um so it's like but but you're right not everybody's like him and, and i think right. not everybody has to be i mean there are there are like there are bad people in the world okay there i'm are. not saying that we're actually talking about bad people but we're talking about people that are money hungry and people that are uh, monetary oriented only and and may or may not have the sense to make a decision based on patient ethics right because right. they don't know, they weren't trained that way. At least like people that are in a medical environment um, in general, remember it's a 10,000 foot view, are generally going to be patient first, which is good. And there are going to be people in other industries that are not medical that are going to be patient first as well. Um, yep. I think that rolls into like that same, that same concept for oversight and things like that. Um, I think this is like tougher conversation, but um I've worked with just a little bit of background. Um, uh, one of my buddies uh, is an MD and he trained with me. Um, he owns his own uh, med spa now um, mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Uh, he'll know who I'm talking about. I'm not plugging him. Competition. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we'll, just, then, we'll, 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 I, we'll just edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I've trained um, two uh, registered nurses. And, uh, and then the rest of the staff are, um, PAs and, uh, advanced nurses. So NPs, let's just use yeah. that term. No one get on me about that today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 
you know, I've seen a lot of different variations in how people inject and knowledge level and things like that. And again, with that 10,000 foot view, we need to understand the, the backgrounds of these individuals who are training, right? And what they have seen and what they haven't seen from a clinical acumen perspective. And I think that's what's, uh, what, what patient safety is about. And I know that there are RNs. I'm not picking on RNs. I know that there are RNs that are better injectors than me. I know there are RNs that have better clinical acumen of like, whoop, this looks like a necrosis or this doesn't look like a necrosis than I, than I do. But generally speaking, the day you finish your training as an RN versus the day you, I'm going to go to the polar opposite, the day you finish your training as an MD, mm-hmm. you have seen more cases in, in clinical medicine of a necrotic event or a skin event than you have in your training as like a registered nurse. So, yep. because that's the, the picture we need to take. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying that somebody like um, Julie Kaplan I'm sure her clinical acumen is insane. It's amazing. Right. But she has a ton of experience, right? Or right. Julie Horn or whoever. These people have had a ton of experience. So the laws are not targeting. They're just a generalization. So that's why I think part of this is kind of going on. And, and don't get me wrong. The day a plastic surgeon has finished their, their training, they've seen more necrotic cases of just not of injectable necrotic cases, just necrotic cases than I have. And they have more experience managing that than I do just because that's the training and that's what the laws are really targeted. I think we get all caught up, like think that everyone's getting picked on. No one's getting picked on. Everyone just wants patient safety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yes. I, I, I think so. Um, I think generally speaking, the overwhelming majority, and I mean, truly mean overwhelming majority of people in this industry want patient safety and they want to do things right. And most of the people who are not following the basic rules um, are not doing so because they're they're you know they're they're money hungry and they're they're trying to get around the rules and just just make money. They're doing because they generally don't know. I think it's I think it's two things. I think it's generally don't know, and I think there is a cohort of people who generally don't care. Well, that 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 well that's the that's the other part, right? So so I don't think it's fair to just say that like they don't they don't know like and and and, and just so you, just so we all know in the court of law, ignore, like you know negligence is negligence, right? Right. Um, so the judge doesn't care if you don't know. Um, well, I didn't it, know the speeding limit was uh, fifty miles an hour is going hundred. Judge doesn't care. No, um, they don't care, and they don't care if everybody else was going hundred and you got caught. You don't know? care at all. That I mean, you know, that's that is a portion of it. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that, uh, I mean, like this, this is where, like, I don't know who knows about this case. I sent it to you. You can look at it later. But um, I was talking to my friend that's an NP in Miami. Um, actually, I have two friends that are NPs in Miami. They, we do not work together. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own practices, uh, pretty successful. Um, and there was someone that was a registered nurse that did have an occlusive event last week that ended up occluding vessels towards the nose. Let's just use that terminology. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, number one, that was in Miami. So the law is very specific in Miami that RNs are not supposed to be injecting. Um, it doesn't matter if you do a GFE exam or whatever. It, I think it literally states that in a, in a, in a statute that RNs should have well, it's, it's, it's then, Yeah, it's an interesting little wrinkle. And, and then, <laughs> it's a wrinkle. And then, well, we don't like wrinkles. Um, and then the next question is, is like, what is the oversight there and who makes the clinical decision that this is a necrotic event, this isn't a necrotic event, and then who prescribed, because yeah. that's what it is, 
the administration of Hylinax. Mm-hmm. And that got all fumbled around. And the patient is fine, as far as I know, from, from someone I spoke to, um, because they saw a different physician. Right. Uh, and they did have an exam. But I don't know that we need to go through all those steps. And, and at the end of the day, everyone's going to have, I guess, I have, but most of you are going to have some type of occlusive event if they're injecting a lot. And like, it's important to have those protocols in place and know what to do and, you know, avoid them the best you can and be worried about the really bad ones. And there's little ones that honestly, like they get you like staying up at night, but they're not the end of the world. Right. Um, right. Right. You know, they, well, yeah. I'm, I'm curious it's just did, about that safety perspective. You know, do, do, do you have any idea where, um, what was that? What was that with this event? Was it? And, and again, I, I don't know anything about this. So I'm, I'm speaking out, out of my, my ass. I've heard of a little. lot of events coming out of Miami, but was this it? is the one I, this is the one I have a picture of and I heard of recently. Was, 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 was the injector injecting in the nose or was it, you know, where the, where the site of injection it was, was? It, it looks like a nasolabial or okay. a nose. I really can't tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm really not sure. Yeah, but so, that's. I mean, that's even that's it. That's, that's to another point. That's like a gone, uh, you know compounded. Um, right. No, that's uh, what I was concerned. curious about because yeah. that's yeah. you know, yeah. um, I've you know having obviously having no medical or nursing training at all. Um, all I hear are is kind of the objective lessons when I listen in to, you know, anatomy and injection courses, which I've done a lot of. And, and I'm telling you, I, it makes me nervous when people start you know, like injecting around the nose or the navel lazy folds or whatever. Listen, it's like, it's like, wow. Cause like, I, I just like, like, I see done, the I, bad things that can happen. I've done about, I, I'm like, I, I tried really hard. I, I'm a firm believer in like getting your end up. So the more patients you see, the better you get at yeah. something. Yeah. And I tried really hard in the beginning to do a lot of noses. And I've probably done about a thousand noses at this point. Mm-hmm. And I still sweat each one of them out. Really? Um, yeah, you. I still sweat each one of them out. I think that they are challenging. And I'm always like, is everything looking right? Is everything looking good? Like, I'm still thinking that. So like, you know, there is, there is, uh, it's, it's all injections are a little bit, um, scary at times, right. Yeah. Or concerning because everyone's anatomy is variable, right. right. At the end of the day, right. Nothing's where it needs to be always. And it's really interesting to watch, um, different people inject as they are naive. So to watch different levels of education inject, I, I, again, this is a vacuum. I'm only talking about my personal experience. Um, I have seen like my friend at CMD his first time injecting. It's like super cautious, like right, right. beyond cautious, like afraid of everything. And now he's no, he's not like that anymore, obviously, because he has a lot of experience now. But um, compared to somebody who may have a little bit less of a clinical education, they're when they jump in there, they they get it a little bit faster. But that also might be just some a man and a woman difference. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of biases that could be playing a role there, mm-hmm. but I just think that's kind of interesting to watch when I, when I watch that mm-hmm. the first time, but so, I sweat out a nose all day. I, so let's, I did three, I think this week and I was sweating them all. Really? Out. I mean, and, and, yeah. and how many, I, and, cause I, I always hear it's, um, you know, it's not a matter of if it's, it's when you're going to have some sort of a, of a complication. I mean, out of the, had, the thousands I've had done, two, you've had two events on the nose, I think. Uh, and, and, and what was like, what was it? What was the mild? Yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I'm, you gotta remember, I'm also, again, this is, comes down to clinical judgment. I'm also very aggressive in my, does that look like something is going on or is it not? If I'm on the fence, just what's the difference? Right. I'm treating it like it, it's something's it going on. If I'm, 
if I'm right, then great. If I'm wrong, then great. I can do it again. Right. Like that's life. Right. You know, that's that's the price of doing business a little bit is sometimes losing yeah. the product and you know, educating the patient and making sure you I want to sleep at night. I mean I, I went through yeah. times where it's just like yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Hey guys, Alex Tiersch here, and I wanted to ask you, have you heard of Repeat MD yet? Their company is growing like crazy and for good reason. You'll be seeing lots of these guys, and I want all of you who are listening to get the scoop before everyone else. We just did a podcast with their CEO, Phil Sitter, and Vice President of Sales, Chris Chemenko. And I thought I had a gr- lot of great pearls for, for marketing your practice. Go check it out for sure on wherever you find your podcasts. What RepeatMD does is simple. They sell more of your high-margin services by building your own private label mobile rewards program. Think of this like your own Starbucks rewards program built specifically for your aesthetic practice. Sort of the average results for RepeatMD clients. They just did a study and 51 new referrals were received in the first 90 days. Eight out of 10 rewards members tried a new service in the first six months and $313,000 of top line sales were grown in the first year alone. Now, obviously, these results will vary since they have a lot to do with your existing patient traffic or based on the list of services you offer. But those are crazy numbers that all of us would want for any of our practices. But listen, the best part of working with RepeatMD is that it's easy. New clients can get started in as little as 10 business days. So if you've been looking for an internal rewards program, you have to check these guys out. I know you'll like them. They're going to be great success, and I hope you check them out. Visit repeatmd slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. That's repeatmd slash amspa. You'll receive a 50% off credit towards your first purchase for being a listener of Medical Spa Insider. And again, thanks again, RepeatMD, for sponsoring this podcast. Take a look at them at repeatmd slash amspa. Thanks so much. So I, I, I do want to talk about RNs a little bit again. And I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on, on RNs. RNs are a, a huge part of this industry. They're, they're a, a huge part of our association of AMSPA. And, and they, you know, they, they are, you know, some of the most competent injectors that we have and and, and there's oh, no 100. i listened to one last night and i was like this is amazing yeah their their level of knowledge and, uh, is, Tim Pierce. it was amazing it was is, amazing it's amazing i i so i just want to make sure that, that that's out there because i and we we have a, a full support of rns being able to to inject and 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 do all the things that they um, are, are doing doing right now under the law, and and there are some out there who don't want RNs to be doing anything, and 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 so we've we've got RNs back when, when it comes to that. But I what I do want to get into though is um, your case that you were talking about in Miami, not your case, but the case you heard about, um, is is really indicative of where the law is because it's 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 that you know who who can make the clinical determination that something is going on who can prescribe who can who can decide the treatment right who has that authority under their license to make those decisions and that's where the rn's license is just just as a matter of law and their practice act in every state is is more limited than a physicians and nps or or a pas and 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 that's where i you know whenever i'm getting into it with 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 a certain can a small contingent of rn's who who kind of think they should be able to do everything that's always where i go to it's like look i i get it i know that you're you're trained you're probably better than than a lot of the physicians that that, that are out there but under your license you are not allowed to prescribe right you, th- those are those are examples those are that right. those vacuumed examples exactly right um and what i was going to ask you is how, how i'm curious out of the rns that you know i mean how many rns out there do you think or how many med spas out there have 
um, RNs who are seeing patients and injecting without any kind of supervision or oversight from a, an MD, an NP, or a P. I mean, is that a lot of folks? I, or wish, is it a small? I, wish, I wish I had an answer for that. Ah. I can tell you colloquially, I had that. I think I told you about this, that there was a um, patient that came in the other day and I was just curious. I'm not like going to the police and I'm like, uh, this no, person didn't not, do a GFE. Yeah. Like they police would hang in New York. There are no police. So they didn't have, they, no one didn't pick up the phone. So, <laughs> um, but like it's, she said that she saw uh, a very well-known RN in New York and she had, was coming to me and I wasn't digging or anything a little bit. I just was curious about her experience. And I asked her to walk me through her front to back experience mm-hmm. at the office her first time there. And it was last time was her first time. And she had a good experience. Right. But there was no there was no physician oversight or um, medical uh, oversight from a PA or an MP. Right. Um, during that patient's visit. And, and again, I'm, a, I'm not a proponent of that, that I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong. I'm saying that there should, it should be done correctly or be at least try to be done correctly. So, like being compliant, isn't being I'm be compliant every single time. It's about trying to be so slip ups are far and few between. Right. 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 So like, Right. No, Maybe I think, that was one time, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's it's not. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I know it's not. It's I, just someone that's running their own. Office. I feel I I hear that that moral, and the reason I was asking is just because you know I in some ways I'm 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 hoping I I'd like to think that that what we've been doing for the past few years has, has made some sort of a difference, and I think that it has. But I I still think that that type of practice is, I think you're is prevalent. In the, yeah, I think we're in the uh, the I don't care mentality from right a lot of providers that have been practicing already. I just don't care. Right. That's the response when you, uh, or when they find out about these laws, the, I don't, it's fine. I don't care. Well, I mean, I, you know, I get a lot of folks who, who do care very much. And, and, and in fact, I would say most care, I think it's, it's more a, it's a balance of how much do I care in relation to my practice, right? My, my livelihood. They, they may not have a choice. They right? may not have a choice. It's I like, what do hard. I do? Like, do I spend now? You know, if you're, if you're an RN and you're seeing patients and you've been doing it for five years, six years, 15 exactly. years, what are you going to do? Example. Like, it's, it's, it's tough. I, and I don't, I sympathize with that. And we come in there and say, no, what are you, you supposed gotta- to do? Go hire, go find an MD. That's a ghost. That's a whole nother story. Go find a ghost medical director. Well, it's even or worse. That's even worse to be to on. That. It yeah. could be more to, to, to be on site with you right. and go into every room and do that. That's expensive. That's not going to be cheap. Let's say you work three days a week and you want that um, medical director or, or MP or whoever yeah. to be there with you three days a week. That's not going to be cheap. Well, you know what? You know, I've always wondered because and, and just so fo- if folks who are listening who, who, who are new um, or maybe are, are wondering, I, I want to just clarify, like in, you know, in basically all 50 states and, and, and we've looked at this in depth you know the the the, the RN is a, is able to inject with some with some exceptions. You mentioned Florida, and that's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a controversy in Florida, but in, in most states, overwhelmingly most states, RNs can inject, but there does need to be that intermediate step of a MDDO, uh, NP or PA where they come in because under those licenses they can prescribe, they can diagnose, they can develop a treatment plan, which RNs aren't allowed to do, um, but. Crap, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, I do that all the time. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so that's the, that's, the, that's the 
the lay of the land. And and and, and what I would say to to to, to RNs out there. Oh, I, I know what I was going to ask. Um, you know, are are there? Um, do you talk to a lot of RNs about this? And 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 what what advice, if any, do you do you give them? I'm I'm seeing a lot of RNs become you know, go to NP school and become NPs, uh, on For some sure. level. Um, you mentioned Julie Kaplan. I mean, that's what she did. Um, what do you tell folks who are looking to get into the industry and they, they're, they're RNs or, or, or they've been in the industry and, and they find out like, what's their reaction? What do you say to them? It's, I think it's really challenging. I mean, I think the hardest part to understand it, first of all, I would get injected by an RN any day if anyone wants to come do my filler or Botox for free. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally into it. I, I am, I'm a big, um, but, but anyhow, um, I, um, I don't know what to tell them. The, the, the thing to remember is these laws are rapidly changing all the time because no one knows what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so we'll have people, you know, like the law change in Ohio and law, like Florida mm-hmm. changed what, three years ago, four years ago, like mm-hmm. things happen so rapidly. So it's very hard. I mean, the, the best advice would be to get the highest degree that you can. It's hard to say like, oh, I'm going to go become an MP because I want to uh, inject Botox. It, it's going to be hard. That, that's a long pathway to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, but you need to remember the laws are changing all the time. And I don't know that they're changing for the better or for the worse. They're just changing. Because sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. MPs have full practice autonomy here in, in New York. Yeah. And I, I'm 100% behind that. And then meanwhile, in Florida, they're like, you know what? RNs can't inject anymore. Right. So places are just so um, so far apart in what's going on and going in different directions, right? Yeah. And even the MP direction in Florida, um, they don't have, it, it's not even full practice authority yeah. yet. It's like on the verge or something. I don't even, some lawyer yeah. was explaining to me it was too complicated for me. Um, and <laughs> it's confusing. And then the same with like, but look now more. But now PAs in Florida have more practice autonomy, mm-hmm. but in New York we can they have less. So right. it's just like headed headed in different directions all over the place. So I don't know what the right the right thing to do is, but I always say it's best to like link up with um, a really good mentor. Yeah. And if you guys get along, and that person has an advanced degree of some type. Um, and you are an RN that then you're in a safe, you're in this like safe, safer zone, right. Where you're kind of protected and you have this blanket of protection where, um, you guys can figure it out. I mean, we, uh, we have an RN that works with us and and we love her and she's amazing. And, um, you know, we just follow the guidelines. It's not, it's not that hard. Obviously the bigger, the bigger your practices, some things are easier. Some things are harder. Easier is oversight. Yeah. But uh, yeah. there are a bunch of other things that are harder. Um, and you know what? I've, I, I actually thought of, of what I wanted to ask you when I was, when I was going through that, um, that, that train of thought is, um, so you, you, you went to medical school, obviously what, during medical school, d- is there any discussion or training or do you have to th- even study for the boards on, um, like scope of practice of an RN versus, an MD no. and, and, and what type yeah. of, I mean, cause like how, how does anyone supposed to know this stuff? Medical, medical, medical students and doctors in general are, we're idiots when it comes to, when it comes to business and when it comes to common sense and when it comes to also understanding, um, what the, uh, guidelines are for different personnel in the, in the hospital, um, really? and in a, or in a, in a medical setting. And so even, I mean, so you even like your license, so even your license, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So <laughs> even your, your licensing exam in the state of New York, it doesn't have anything 
specifically on no i had to learn about this on the cuff to be honest with you again really? the resources are better now yeah um and you know but like i i don't remember at least having that kind of information you know you learn very little because you do also have someone teaching you that in that scenario that might not know the law either and doesn't know what's going on either where they give like standing orders and you're like okay standing orders i know what that is <laughs> yeah you know no one knows what that is you're attending is like taught incorrectly so you're taught incorrectly and it just is a vicious cycle yeah um yeah yeah what, what about rns do you think our i mean do you do you know if if rns are, are taught any of that or in in in, in um i you know i would i would bet you that they have a better education from the standpoint of like what you what you're supposed to be able to do and what you're actually not supposed to do right i bet you right. they have more oversight and better education on the legality um component i'm i, I we'd have to ask um, an RN or an yeah. MP. Um, no, I think I'm but looking, I would imagine they do. Because I'm curious. Like to, to me, that's it's um and, and I and from what I recall, it's been a while since I've asked somebody, but I've definitely asked that question before. And it, it, I kind of get both answers. Like, yes, we get some, but no, we don't get enough. Because it's also true that many, many RNs that I talk to, most RNs that I talk to in this industry, unless they have been specifically trained at like a hospital in compliance and they've been they've been like a compliance officer or something like that, unless they've been in that position. Most of the RNs that I talk to at first don't don't understand or realize the good faith exam thing when it comes to injectables. When it comes to other things, they do. But when it comes to injectables, they tend to say, I've never even heard of it. Right. They, they said, I, I can do this. I've been, I know how to do it. Like I, there's a there's a standing yeah. order or whatever. And, and so it's, it's just been, it's, it's, it's been a bumpy road for us to try to convince them. And I, I, convincing them is not the right word just to, just to demonstrate to them what the law is. It's up to them. They can do whatever they want in the end. You can Um, do whatever you, exactly. You don't have to, these are, these are the laws. You don't have to abide by them. You're supposed to. That's it. Yeah. So, um, what's, uh, so what's next for you? You just got, you got your, uh, you, 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 hopefully you have your grand open. You're going to have a big grand opening party down in, uh, we're gonna, in you know, we're going to do a party because, uh, we all know we need a drink after this, um, <laughs> after 11 months of permitting issues. Um, it's not really issues. Just Miami is just Miami. Yeah. I grew up there. That's how it is. <laughs> um, so we're um, we're looking at a couple more spaces and, uh, we're going to be expanding to, uh, Brooklyn and um, probably another one in New York City because there's just such high density here and, and That's awesome. we're doing really well. That's awesome. Um, and it's really fun to be building, you know, a big practice where we have all these like minds to bounce ideas after, off of. It's almost like a mini hospital system that's only about injectables that's internal. So yeah. we do our grand rounds. We do all that stuff, you know, once a month where we can sit down and talk about cases and how we can better ourselves and new technology that's coming out. We, we yeah. I, I read the AMSPA uh, blog all the time. And I'm sure you see me on the message boards here and there. <laughs> You're the um, one who reads it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I read them. I read everything. So that's, that's, I rather my nights be filled at that than compliance issues. So <laughs> it's a win. Um, so yeah, we're, we're expanding and uh, the team's growing and everyone's really happy. That's awesome. And I'm just excited to um, be part of the aesthetic community and, you know, making people feel good about themselves and, and everyone uh, make a nice living and live a nice life. That's awesome. That's, that, that, that's great. And I do remember from our, our last conversation, you, you do have, you know, your training program is very robust and, and you, you run your, your, um, your med spas like, like a hospital and that you have kind of the, some, a lot of the same protocols. And I think that's really, really cool and, and useful 
and folks should should try to duplicate that. And if they want more information on that, um, you know, where can they reach out to you so they can? They, they, can, can, they can reach out. It's also I think we even put some of our details on the um, website about the, how the fellowship works for us. Okay, awesome. Um, it's you know it's uh, we do. I basically base it off of what I have seen as a medical person in fellowship training for if I, I'm FP based, yeah. um, that's what my board was. Um, and I saw that, you know, fellowships in FP are like six months. And I was like, you know what, like how much time do someone need and how many patients they need to see and how many of this procedure, that procedure. And I know that there are other practices that do some similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's worth its weight in gold. You get someone coming out of the gate now that did like three months and they like have seen a ton of patients. They've, injected a bunch of patients and they're really competent and comfortable and are they as good as someone that's been doing it for six years maybe not they're probably not right that's going to take some time but they are pretty competent they're you gotta remember these people have been you know behind a needle a syringe and things like that for a while so so you'd be surprised how quickly some people catch on and uh you know i want to be comfortable supporting their aesthetic journey so that makes me feel comfortable and they stick with the practice and everyone's really happy well, all right. It was good. Uh, it was good talking to you, um, uh, Doctor Blinsky. And um, yeah, keep in touch with with what's going on. I, you know, this, these are obviously topics that we're going to be catching up on. Um, and and one of these days, I want to get you on and have you talk about uh, the 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 vertical lip injection, which you were telling me about a little bit about. Well, by the way, what what is that? I've never even heard of that. No, that's just that's just the tenting and the fencing and the Russian technique. It's like that. You know, we were talking about a little bit. You and I were talking about how what hot topics are yeah. right now at, at this moment. Like this week, I have seen a lot of talk about uh, lip distortion and um, tenting technique and things like that. Okay. And um, I mean, I have my own thoughts on the beauty industry and, <laughs> and um, as some people have different thoughts and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking time. I know you're busy um, and good luck with, uh, with your endeavors and let me know when the party is in Miami. I'll be there. Yeah, thanks for having me, Um, and we'll talk soon. I'll see everybody shortly. All right, sounds good. Okay. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Dr. Alexander Blinsky. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get MSPA content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.